DJ and PK brought you in part by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now, where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNF Roofing for your free bid. This segment brought to you by SNS Roofing. Right now, we're going to listen to Kyle Whittingham meeting with the media. Spring football continues. Off today with head coach Kyle Whittingham. If you'd like to ask questions, please uh, get your hand raised in the uh, participants panel. We'll start now with some opening comment from Coach Whittingham. Okay. All right. Good morning, guys, gals. Um, very good first week of spring ball. Uh, we're heading into week two now. Things will become more, much more physical and uh, should start to see some separation in some of the position group battles. But uh, we got off to a good start. Uh, players were, were dialed in, worked hard, and uh, it was a lot of good things in that first week. But, but uh, like I said, things will get more uh, defined as we continue to uh, get deeper into spring ball. So we're excited to get back on the field today and, and get going. So questions? We'll start with Trevor Allen from KSLSports.com, followed by Josh Newman and Hans Olson. Kyle, now, now that you guys have the, the pads on, uh, if, what was there any kind of adjustment period to having them back on or, or were guys flying around and, and, and playing really well? The latter, flying around and uh, handled the practice very well. And, and uh, they're excited. Players always get excited to, to put the pads on after they've been in, in no pads for a couple of days. And you know, it's hard to play real football unless you have the pads on. And so that was uh, a situation where they were excited and, and handled it very well. Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Hans Olsen. Kyle, for a guy like Chad Bumpfus, obviously he's, you know, he's coming into a kind of a old new position, but uh, how beneficial is it to, you know, for him to be familiar with the program, but also to have some f- familiar faces in the wide receiver room already? Yeah, it's an advantage. That's uh, something that doesn't typically happen when you get a new coach on your staff, but Fortunately, we had Chad with us uh, back in 18 and, and knows our system, knows how we do things. And like we mentioned uh, previously, he's, he's got uh, four or five, maybe half a dozen guys in that room that, uh, that were here back in 2018. And so there is familiarity, which, which does help. Staying in the wide receiver room, just to follow up real quick, you know, Covey has, you know, he had some injuries during that 2020 season. What, you know, what's his health situation and is he just a full go at this point or, or where is he? Full go. He feels great right now. He had an excellent first week. And uh, we've got to uh, make sure that he doesn't overdo it. That's that's the uh, challenge right now. He's, he's a very eager, hardworking uh, player. And, and uh, you got to pull the reins back on him or he'll just, uh, you know, keep going until, you know, until whatever. And so, so uh, he's off to a good start. And uh, we hope to uh, keep him healthy throughout the full spring. That's something that's uh, going to be important for him. Hans Olsen from 97.5 and 12.8 of his own, followed by Patrick Kinahan. Coach, I wanted to get more of a feel of your running backs room. Uh, how are your transfers doing? How's the depth looking? Tell me who's standing out to you right now. Well, the two transfers, first of all, are doing an outstanding job. They both uh, adapted to our program and to what we're doing. And, and it was really an easy transition. I think I mentioned that last week where they've both got outstanding work habits uh, and have been very uh, diligent in, in preparation as far as studying the playbook, studying film, and getting themselves ready so they could hit the ground running as, as spring ball began. And they did just that. And so between those two kids and you know Chris Curry and TJ Pledger, the two that we're 
talking about. And Mackay Bernard, those are the three guys that are really in the mix right now. And, of course, we'll uh, add uh, Ricky in the, in the fall, in the summer, actually. And uh, that'll be a, another good addition to the room. We'll go next to Patrick Kinahan, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, followed by Josh Furlong. When you made that change at receiver coach, did you zero in on this coach or was it open? It was open. We had a, we had a, uh, a list of uh, guys that we were uh, interested in and needed to uh, explore. And, uh, and Chad was one of those guys, obviously. And, and we were a little bit uh, on a time crunch with wanting to get the, the ideally getting the, uh, the position filled by spring ball and, and, and even more ideally several days in front of spring ball if we could to get the coach up to speed. Uh, as I mentioned in the search, it was more important to get the right guy than uh, the timing of it, but, but certainly the timing was a factor. And uh, Chad's familiarity with the program and having been here certainly worked in his favor. We'll go next, Josh Furlong, followed by Cole Bagley. Hey, Kyle, obviously, uh, you know, you guys are known for, for a lot of your running backs and sending them to the league and getting everybody there. But what, what do you feel like you can do to maybe enhance the, the wide receiver position, especially with Chad Bumpus? And, and kind of what are you looking for in terms of, of production that way this year? Yeah, we need to be more balanced uh, than we were uh, you know, last year. And you go back a couple of years. In 19, we threw for over 3,000 yards, um, highest completion percentage in the conference, highest yards per attempt in the league, uh, 18, the same thing as far as yardage over 3,000 yards. So we, it's not like we, we never throw the football. I mean, last year we were a little more uh, run-oriented than we, than we probably needed, uh, not that we needed to be, but as the season progressed, it became apparent that, that that was the best thing for us last year. But we've got to get back to being balanced and uh, the receiver room, we got some good players in there, but we know we, we took a hit and lost a couple guys. So we got to add <clears throat> at least one more, maybe two, uh, this this uh, later this spring or this summer uh, via the portal, most likely. And uh, it's going to be important that uh, you know we're able to throw the ball. It doesn't matter how good you are running back, and if you can't throw the ball to uh, get rid of some of those seven, eight, nine man boxes, then then it's going to be tough sledding for you. Cole Bagley, Daily Utah Chronicle, followed by Trevor Allen. Coach, going back to uh, Covey, what's a guy like that? Uh, what kind of value does a guy like that bring to the program who's been with the team for so long? A ton of value in so many areas, not not just with his outstanding ability to play the slot receiver. And, and I think he's one of the best, if not the best return guys in the country, especially uh, punt return, but his leadership. And he's been there, done that. He knows the program inside and out. And uh, he's a guy that provides outstanding leadership, not only in the receiver room, but throughout the entire team. And <clears throat> very well respected by his teammates and uh, has uh, a lot of influence on this team. And of course, now he's, he's a captain. And so that uh, adds more to, you know, to that leadership role than he's had in the past. Just a quick follow-up. What are you looking for uh, from him this fall? Well, he's got to be a, a big play guy for us. He's, he's a guy that needs to touch the ball, you know, a dozen times a game between uh, returns and receptions. And, you know, we need to get, get the ball in his hands. He's dynamic. And uh, he's just – he's got to be a, a big part of the offense, which we anticipate him being as long as he can continue to stay healthy. Next up, Trevor Allen. We we touched on you know the the two guys leaving, but were you were you surprised when when both Brian and and Samson decided to enter the portal? 
I guess nothing surprises you anymore with, with the way college football is and is uh, going to get even more uh, transitional, I guess you could say. It's, uh, you know, nothing really surprises you. You just uh, react and, and uh, you know, fill the void. Fortunately, with the, with the portal, you can fill the void as easily as it, uh, as it occurs with, with the incoming guys. And so it's just the way that college football is now and will continue to be unless they change the rules. We don't see that happening. And so that's the way that uh, you can operate. It's uh, free agency within college football. And you know, the way we look at it is, is uh, your high school guys are your draftees and then your free agents are the, are the portal guys. And you got to have both. You got to be able to, to get a blend of, of both those uh, incoming players. Our final question will come from Josh Furlong. Hey Kyle, obviously Solomon Enos has been kind of a high upside upside guy. He, you know, he's he's been able to show out on the field. But what what do you feel like you guys can do to maybe tap into his talents a little bit more on the field, especially in the games? Or, or obviously he's been used in a lot of blocking schemes in different ways that way. But what do you feel like you can do to kind of maximize his potential? Well, I'd say the short version is try to get him the ball a little bit more, and I think that's something that uh, you're going to see going forward. Uh, Solomon, like you said, does have a, a high ceiling and, and a lot of uh, ability. And particularly, one of his strengths is the 50-50 ball. You know, just running the, running the nine route and throwing the ball up and letting them go up and get it. That's something that we probably need to do a little bit more of than we've done in the past. But but uh, Solo is a hard worker, a team guy all the way, uh, never complains, at least not to me, <laughs> and, and uh, is a, willi- a willing blocker, which is another thing we look for in wide receivers. And with that frame he has, he's 6'3 and about 210 pounds. He's he's very physical on the outside in, in the block game. And so it's uh, just a matter of us trying to uh, get him more touches and, and get him more involved. Thank you, there's Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach. He never complains, PK. At least not to me. That was, that was good. I, he caught himself there. I was like, never? I don't know if I've met anyone who never complains. At least not to me. I'm like, he knows how to pick his spots. That's critical. Solomon, check that box. Smart guy yeah. knows how to pick his spots. Yeah, you don't want to be complaining to the coach. <laughs> yeah, that's a plan B. a bad spot. Yeah, that was a funny little throw, a little clause he put in. <laughs> yeah. At least not to me. <laughs> uh, 12 touches for Britton Covey. That seems on the high end. Does that count punt returns? It does. He did say that. Yeah. He said including punt returns. Uh, but when you consider how many times the other team punts, you know, if you got 10 to 12 possessions in a game, how many times do they score? How many times do they turn the ball over or turn it over on downs or miss a field goal? You know, so it's four or five punts in a game, and how many of those are returnable? You know, well, so I think it has to be smart touches because, and I think that's where it's been the the revolving door at quarterback has hurt a little bit with him because you can't put him over the middle where he's got somebody trailing him and a safety coming face first. <laughs> right, at him. sandwich time. We, we saw that against Washington, and it was just man, he was just getting battered in that game. In that game, I was back uh, in. I actually watched that game from a hotel room in Chicago because I had covered BYU's stunning upset against Wisconsin earlier in the day, and to see it on television just was just devastating. How much uh, he was getting pounded. So get him the ball. Yeah, I'm all for it, but get him the ball in the right situations. Yeah, and the deep ball to Solomon Enos. We'll have to talk about that. But first, Chad Bumpus, the new receivers coach. 
We will start off today with Trevor Allen of kslsports.com, followed by Josh Furlong and Josh Newman. Go ahead, Trevor. Chad, first of all, welcome back to Utah. Um, and second, what, what stood out about the job when you were going through the process? Uh, first, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, good to be back. Um, and the people, that was the biggest thing for me. I, I was here as a graduate assistant in 18 and got to meet some of the people on staff in the facility, uh, just the people in Utah in general. Um, and I understood what kind of program it was, what kind of program I was coming back to, the way the guys work, uh, everything that's expected of the guys. And literally what I was used to, uh, same program basically from uh, what I had in college. So I was really familiar with it, uh, got to know some of the guys who were still here. So um, it was a no-brainer. It was exactly what I was looking for. Josh Furlong from KSL.com, followed by Josh Newman at the Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah, Chad, you're obviously, uh, you know, well-versed in this, the, the personnel on the, the roster, seeing that you were here a couple of years ago. But, you know, what, what do you feel like you can, you can provide to this team that, that will help them maybe get more touches like Coach Whittingham has talked about, especially knowing that you've been in that position and, and you've got that experience? Yeah, just understand the fundamentals and technique right now. Um, we got a lot of guys. Uh, we got some guys who played a lot of ball, um, and we've got some young guys with some talent. So my deal is just get the most out of them, uh, help them understand where they can be successful, help understand which positions they they're, they're best at. Um, again, coach, I think Coach Ludd does an awesome job of putting guys in positions to be successful and playing to the strengths of our offense and. Uh, right now, we're just trying to find those guys on the perimeter who, who we think going into fall camp can help us. Um, and we're doing a good job right now. They're working. They're doing everything I'm asking them to do. So it's just about continuing to grow every day and keep stacking days together. Next up, Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Hans Olson. Chad, good morning. How are you? Great. How's it going? Doing well. Thank you. Um, what has the last four or six weeks been like for you? You know, you were at Austin P. You take the Central Michigan job. Uh, you know, the Utah job comes up. Um, ha had you had you moved to Michigan before already before the Utah job came up? Yes, I was in Michigan for uh, 14 days. <laughs> so, uh, I had just gotten there, um, getting to know the players. And um, and what's weird is, or I guess not weird, but funny for me is I had been in touch with Coach Witt. So um, just updating him on how my career was going, where I was, because I knew at some point I wanted to be back here. So I always stayed in touch with him. Um, and when I got the central job, we actually talked and he congratulated me, uh, just telling me stay in touch. And two weeks later, this job came open and um, I reached out to him, uh, reached out to some of the guys on offense just to see what, what he was looking for, which direction, they, if they had an idea of which direction it would go. Um, and it worked out. Um, and so that Thursday I interviewed and Saturday morning I was on a plane. So it, it worked out just like, like I wanted, basically. Just to follow that up, I mean, it sounds like it's been a chaotic time. I mean, can you maybe just kind of speak to that a little bit just, you know, in your personal life, just how chaotic it's been? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's exactly what you think. But luckily for me, uh, as blessed as I am, my wife, she is really good about this. She's been through it. Her dad's been a longtime college football coach. So uh, having somebody like that who understands it, um, she's actually still back in Nashville getting everything ready. So, um, but yeah, it's been wild. It's been a wild ride. Just uh, you don't expect it. I mean, I, I was getting settled in Michigan thinking I'm going to be here for a while and bam, this opportunity happened and um, jumped on it. Next, we'll go to Hans Olsen, 97.5 and 12.8 of the zone. So you arrived to the office, Coach, and obviously you find that some really good talent has transferred out of the program. How unsettled 
was the wide receiver room and how, how much have you had to try to calm down players and unify them and, and, and settle them down? How difficult has that job been? Uh, it hadn't been difficult at all. I mean, it, in this program, you know it's the next man up, and those guys see that as an opportunity to get on the field. Obviously, we have the Coveys in the room who, who's been very successful. You got Solo. Um, and we got some guys coming along, so um, there, um, that, there wasn't much stress. You know, they uh, again, they saw it as an opportunity to get on the field and make plays. So, um, obviously, uh, we wish the best for those guys, but it's about the guys in the building right now, and they're excited, man. They get an opportunity to go out and show what they can do, and so far we're making the most of those opportunities. So we just got to keep going, keep building, understanding what it is, what the situation is, um, and make plays. That's all it's about. Next, we'll go to Josh Furlong, KSL.com. When you were hired, we, we heard a lot about how the players loved you. You were obviously a, a name that was familiar to them and, and that people liked you. What, what do you feel of, is, is your coaching style that, that allows you to maybe to connect to these players and, and kind of uh, you know, help them progress through whatever they're going through as college kids? Um, very energetic. That's, that's the biggest thing for me, uh, because I love this game so much. Um, being able to get out on the grass, on the turf and just, and coach and do what I love to do, bringing a lot of energy. And another thing is my youth. Um, I use that too, as an advantage. I'm not far removed from what they're going through. So I, I'm very relatable to what they do, what they're seeing on campus, um, what they're feeling when they're waking up for these morning workouts. I was going through that a few years ago. So, uh, like I tell them, come talk to me. There's nothing that you can say or do that's going to surprise me at this point. So very relatable, very energetic. And again, I use my youth to my advantage. I run around with them um, and, and try to have fun. You know what I mean? I'm going to coach them hard, but love them just as hard. And, and, and we're getting better. We're building those relationships and they're starting to trust me and see that I only want the best for them. Um, and so it, it's working out. We'll go back to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Chad, you mentioned the youth and not being so far removed, you know, from where these players are now to that end. Do you think that, you know, the NFL credentials that you bring can not only help in the room, but also with the high school kids that you may uh, that you may one day recruit? Absolutely. Uh, Because, again, that's their goal. Right. That's everybody wants to play in the NFL. Um, I've seen the steps. I've had teammates. And again, not just me. Other coaches have. But um Again, talking to my youth, uh, it wasn't long ago when I was doing it. So um, just having those relationships, having contacts, uh, and again, playing the position, knowing what they're looking for, helping them understand that it is a business. And if you understand that before you get there, I think you last a little longer. So uh, all those areas I'm able to help, and I just try to do it as much as I can. Okay, you know, your questions for Coach Bumpus. One from Sammy Mora, Daily Utah Chronicle. Hi, Coach. Um, how important is it to have two guys like Britton Covey and Solomon Enos still in the wide receiver room that you know and know what they can do? Really, really important for me, huge for me, because one, they understand my style of coaching. Um, so first time I was here, I was actually mostly inside with the uh, slot guys, so got to spend a lot of time with Covey, and that was uh, Solo's freshman year, so – um, him co- him coming in and being in that room, they understood my coaching style, understood what I was about. And now um, that we've had uh, 
some time together, you get to see them help the younger guys. And so I've done individual meetings and everybody I've talked to, I ask them, who are the leaders in the room? And you get those two guys along with others, but those are the two main guys that jump out um, just because of how much they help the guys in the room, under, uh, help them understand what I'm about, how I go about my, my, my coaching. Um, so it's been really big for me uh, because they help the room so much. Final question will come from Josh Furlong. Hey, you obviously mentioned Covey and Enos, but what, where, where do you see as your strengths in this, this wide receiver room and, and kind of where do you see them progressing? Um, I think we have a lot of guys who can help us. Um, and again, my job right now is to find out where they can help us the most, whether it's inside, whether it's outside, are you to the field, are you to the boundary? Um, and I think the biggest thing right now is it's an open playing field. I mean, you've got two guys really who've played a lot of football, but we're going to rotate guys. So everybody right now has an opportunity to show what they can do in spring ball, uh, working through summer, working in the fall camp. So it's wide open. You know, you, you have guys who have waited a long time for a real opportunity to play. And right now, I don't know that you can ask for anything better, anything more. Um, you have a, you have a real opportunity with a new coach um, with some open spots. So all you have to do right now is buy into what we're selling and make plays. And you have the you have the opportunity that you've been wanting. Thank you, Coach. There is Chad Bumpus, the new receivers coach, and PK, the energy, the youthfulness. But that's hilarious. The last time I was here, Britton Covey was here. Well, of course he was. <laughs> Covey's, Covey's been here forever. Well, uh, you know, good for him playing up on the youth. But the, the thing that matters to mo- the most to me is how can he use that youth in recruiting? I can get a book and how to coach receivers. Uh, I need this guy to recruit to, to benefit that way. If he wants to relate to these guys, that's the most important. Relate through recruiting to bring in more talent. That's what's needed. DJ and PK will take a break. Britton Covey's coming up. Nick Ford as well. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, talking March Madness at 9 o'clock on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kalani Sataki, head coach of BYU. We have the four quarterbacks that are definitely you know up there in the running, and we're going to have to narrow this down a little bit because there's just not enough reps to go around. But right now, Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, Jacob Conover, and Soljay Mayava, those guys are the front runners, and they're having great days. And you know, the whole part about spring and even getting into being a coach, you want to develop depth. When you get depth and you have four quarterbacks that are battling for starting time, that's a good position to be in. There's a lot of great players here that are in the mix and then that's the whole part of trying to develop your team into the program is that you want to get as deep as possible so it makes everyone have to raise their level of play and then you just play the best guys we're seeing some great competition right now and especially at the quarterback position Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davismd.com or call them at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. 
Britton Covey sitting down at the microphone. Utes meeting with the media. Spring football underway. Britton Covey, longtime slot receiver for the Utes. Here he is. Sports followed by Josh Furlong with KSL. Morning, Solo. Good morning, Britton. How are you? Morning. I'm doing good. So you've, you haven't had to go through much, actually a, a change at all in, in the wide receiver room other than, you know, in your, in your second year. But um, what has that move been like from Guy Holiday to Chad Bumpus? Oh, I mean, first thing is, uh, I think all of the guys that were here with Coach Bumpus uh, in 2018 when he was a graduate assistant uh, recommended him. So I'd say there were about five or six guys in the room that were around him when he was there. And when Coach Witt asked us about him, all of us uh, gave the highest recommendations. So it's been nice to have someone that you know while also having a fresh new face that brings fire to the room. Uh, we really respect him, partly because he – you go watch his highlights. I mean, you, he's, he's walked the walk, and he is very practical. Uh, he reminds me a lot of my first receivers coach, 2015, Coach Stubblefield, in terms of his technicality of things. Very good with footwork, very good with hands. Um, very technical, and I think that, that that's kind of what I live for. I love that, that aspect of the, of the game and of receiver play. So, uh, And then he's just hilarious. I mean, he's young enough, too, where he can go out there and show you himself what, <laughs> what he wants you to do. So it's, it's, it's been great. Uh, but at the same time, we really appreciate Coach Holiday. I love Coach Holiday um, and all the receivers we, you know, one great thing that I'll say about Coach Holiday is he cares about us as men, not just as football players, and uh, we'll never forget that. And uh, we just hope that he knows that, and we've we've talked to him about it. So, but we are grateful to have Coach Bump too. Next question will come from Josh Furlong, followed by Josh Newman with the Salt Lake Tribune. Britton, welcome to your tenth spring football camp. Ah, thank you. <laughs> now you you mentioned uh, that that uh, you know there's a lot of guys in in the wide receiver room that that recommended him. How, how much how much involvement uh, do the does the coaching staff have when when trying to hire a new coach? And then, and where do you feel like you guys can maybe progress under under Coach Bumpus? Yeah, well, I think that Coach Witt did it well. Uh, I've been here, like you said, about 35 years. And I've seen some coaching changes in my time. And every time Coach Witt says the same thing, that we're not in a rush to fill the position because we'd rather get the right guy than just a guy. And so in that time, he does ask, I'm sure the coaches, but he does come and ask my opinion. He does come and ask the other receivers' opinions in the room. And so I think that that means a lot. And, you know, not, not worrying about a timetable as much. It's a good thing we got him quick because it's been great to have him for spring ball, but we got the right guy. I know we did. I can't, I really can't tell you how excited we are as a receiving core for this year because coach bump brings that fire into the room. Um, and then the next question was, what was, I'm so sorry. What, Josh, it was just more, what, what do you feel like, you know, he can bring to, to the table that will help oh, him yeah. progress? Well, it's similar to what I said before, uh, so he was a great slot receiver. Um, he has, he, he's so technical. I've always felt that, and maybe I'm biased because I'm like four foot tall, but uh, I've always thought that short guys make great wide receivers coaches because they could never rely on all these crazy gifts or athleticism to 
be great players. You got to rely on a lot of the technical side of things. And so when you get someone who has that athleticism or height, you know, someone like Solomon Enos or Devon Bailey, and you can teach them that side of things, the technical side, that they're way better than anyone without those could ever be. They, they exceed everyone's expectations, including their own. And I think that that's what he brings to the table that I'm really excited for. Next question comes from Josh Newman, followed by Alex Markham. Great, good morning. Morning. Um, I know that we goof around about your age and things like that, but you know, but given your age and, and given how long you've been in school, was there any consideration this offseason to maybe bypassing the rest of, of your eligibility and taking a shot at the NFL? Not really. Uh, mostly because I only got to play in, you know, three games last year. Had I had a whole season, I think that might have been a consideration. But uh, never really crossed my mind with everything that went down last year. I I've been wanting to have another full season with the guys for two years now. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, including going to the NFL. And so I'm glad that everybody stayed and, and uh, I don't want to live with my mind focused on the NFL because then you miss out on so much of the joy that comes from, you know, college and I think that that I actually think that that happens a lot in college football nowadays. Uh, I'll, I'll hear freshmen uh, coming in talking about leaving after three years. And uh, always the first thing I say to them is, you know, you don't think about the NFL right now. Don't even worry about that. I mean, I, I could go through countless examples of guys who, you know, didn't do it the typical way. I mean, Terrell Burgess, you know, didn't, he started his fourth year, senior year, and, and now he's doing great. And so I think too many guys worry about the NFL right now during their college career. Um, but no, I didn't really cross my mind last year. Just to follow that up, um, with Chad Bumpfus, two things. One, how, how beneficial is it to have a young guy who isn't that far removed from his playing career? And two, having a guy who, you know, has some pro experience, someone like that for you to lean on, knowing that that is your ultimate goal. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said before, Coach Bumpus has, has this fire in him. He's not far removed from the game. He understands a lot of the new things that the game has developed in the past 10 years, you know, just from, you know, how the spread offense has evolved to things like RPOs and, and such. And so he's got a good understanding of what we're trying to do. Uh, and honestly, he's just the most competitive person you'll ever meet. You'll lose a rep in, in a practice and one-on-ones, and he'll go running after you down to the five-yard line, throw his hat on the ground, and start jumping up and down. So he's really competitive, and, and that is what brings that fire into things. Uh, I think there are times, if we're not having a good day, that he gets so frustrated that he wants to put the cleats on and go out there and hit someone. So... <laughs> It's it's pretty fun to have someone who, you know, still fired up and probably thinks he could beat half of the room still. I think that's what it brings to the table. Final three questions for Britain will come from Alex Markham, Cole Bagley, and Bill Riley. Britain, man, first off, you're you're not you're not old man. Wasn't it just yesterday that right. I was interviewing you out at uh, out at Tempview, huh? Yeah, no. That was a couple it feels weeks. like yesterday. Yeah. 
<laughs> but uh hey man so you know you, you talk about uh bumpus being new and everything but a lot of experience obviously you've got a lot of experience as well and and you're really vital to that room so um what is it that you're kind of taking on with more of a leadership role um in that room with the guys and and maybe even especially during that time when there was that little bit of a gap between holiday and, and bumpus I'm, I'm sure that you were pretty much taking the lead there yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like I've grown a lot as a player and as a teammate in my time here. Uh, and I think I've always tried to be the type of leader on the team that, uh, you know, I am vocal in front of the group, but more so I try to be more of a one-on-one -on -one type person so that if anyone has any issues one-on-one -on -one or if anyone's struggling, they know that they can come to me privately uh, because I'll, I'll, you know, give them that the benefit of the doubt. I'll, I'll give them that, uh, just, I don't know, ear to listen to. And, uh, I've just always tried to be that type of person. And so in that time, I just tried to make sure that everybody was all right. Uh, I don't, as simple as that. I think that leadership can be expressed in many different ways. And, uh, the older I get, the more I realize how personal it needs to be for it to be genuine and authentic and for people to really respect you. And so, yeah, I, I don't know if I've been the perfect leader for the group in that transition, but uh, I don't think I needed to be because we've got other guys. We've got Solo, Slavens, um, JD's back, which is great. We've got T-Boney, who actually has been here longer than I have, Tyrone Smith. So, it, we've got a great group of guys and I'm really grateful for that. Uh, but it is, it is really cool to be an older guy on the team. It, it's, it's strange. Every other year in my career, I felt like this was the older guys team. And this is probably the first year where I come in and, and I see, you know, someone doing something that, you know, maybe is not in youth culture. And I'm the one that's like, no, this is, this is my team. Like we, we don't act like that here. You know, this is, this is our team. And uh, it's really cool to feel like that, to feel like an older guy. Also, just a, a quick follow-up. How, uh, how nice is it having JD back in the room, man? Oh, it's so great having JD back. I love JD. We're, we're the two Smurfs, me and JD. Uh, we used to have a package in 2018 called Smurf Package because we're so short. And we were both on the field at the same time. But JD brings so many things to the room that, including just the a happiness, a goofiness that I think we missed. Next question will come from Cole Bagley. I'll, I'll save you another age joke, uh, but you've dealt with some tough injuries in your time here at the U. What was it like to come back from those injuries and, and perform at such a high level, even though it was such a shortened season? Yeah, it was, it was more of a mental struggle than a physical struggle, honestly, because, uh, what, ha what would happen is I'd get back from certain injuries and then in practice, I'd re-injure them and then I'd get back and then I'd re-injure them in practice. And it got to the point where, you know, you know, you never want, nothing's worse than when people call you injury prone. It's like a dig in your side and you, and you don't want to be that type of person, but there are some times that some things that you can't control. And so, uh, it was a mental, a mentally exhausting grind the last couple of years. Uh, but then I kind of took it matters into my own hands. And for the last, you know, three months, I've been 
going to a personal trainer every single day on my own, uh, just working on everything that my body has struggled with over the last two years. A lot of these soft tissue things, things that came as a result of my knee, a couple hamstring things. And, and so I am stronger than I've ever been. I'm faster. And I believe that I'm less susceptible to injury because of what I've tried to do on my own. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to keep that going. I think if I have another four or five months of that every single day on my own before the season, I'll be okay. Just a, a quick follow-up. Um, with, with a full season ahead of you now, what are you looking forward to the most this fall? I am looking forward to, gosh, man. I just, I, I have a similar feel this year as to what I did before 2019. Is it 19 or 18? It was Snoop, Tyler Huntley's last year with the team, with the group of guys, um, with returning starters, with the opportunity to do something special. Uh, I have a similar feeling, and I think we're going to have a great year as a team. That really is my, the thing that excites me most. Final question will come from Bill Riley. Morning, Britt. Morning, Bill. How's it going? It's going well. Um, not an age joke, but having been around a little while, you've also seen a fair share of quarterbacks. And, and I'm curious, you've seen guys that were all pretty experienced, but Charlie Brewer comes in with four years of starting under his belt at a pretty high level. And you've got some young kids in the program this spring as well. I'm just curious, in the limited time you've been able to throw with him and, and, and be around him, uh, what, what stands out about Charlie? And uh, can, can, it, can you tell that he's played a little bit of football? You can definitely tell that Charlie's played a lot of football. He's got that confidence. Charlie's great. Uh, I'm excited for fans to get to know him because uh, I think I'm doing a podcast with him later this week, actually. He's got – I'm not – it's not a shy personality, but he's more reserved. But then you get to know him, and he's just – he's hilarious. I love Charlie. I'd say the two things that stood out to me most about Charlie since playing with him is, one, his his movement in the pocket. Uh, I haven't seen a quarterback able to move like that in a while. Just his, he steps up in the pocket. He slides left, slides right, keeps his eyes downfield. You could tell he's got a lot of experience. Uh, it's, it's like he's got another set of eyes in the pocket, uh, knowing where to move. And I've, I've thought that's amazing. And the second thing is his release. He's got an extremely fast and quick release, uh, which helps him get it into tight windows because he's not very tall. Um, so I know as a quarterback, you know, in high school, I had a hard time receiving over my line and they were like six foot. Now these guys are six, five on the offensive line. And so having a quick release to see it in these windows, these gaps is really important. And those are the two things that have stood out to me the most. All right. Thank you, Britton. All right, there is Britton Covey dropping a little knowledge at the end of his media availability live right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So we definitely saw the shy side of Brewer because he gave some very short answers in his media availability last Monday. And there is, uh, well, <clears throat> I guess the stuff about uh, how how funny he is and how outgoing he is once you get to know him, that's one thing. But the knowledge of how he finds space in the pocket and how as a smaller guy he still pushes the ball downfield despite the fact those linemen are huge, that's the stuff. I and mean, Covey sounded pretty impressed with him. I know it's spring football, though, and everyone's supposed to sound impressed, PK. 
Yeah, I expect to have a great season. So, I mean, I'm a little skeptical until I actually see it and get out on the field. I mean, this time last year, we're talking about the other kid, Bentley. He's got 33 starts in the SEC. Oh, my gosh. The SEC, that, that's akin to the uh, NFC West, isn't it? Holy cow. And let's face it, he kid wasn't good enough, right? So I don't know necessarily that's going to be the case here. But, yeah, right now there's a ton of optimism. There's a ton of optimism everywhere across the country in spring ball, as there should be. I think the difference in the two quarterbacks is that if you go back and look at the record in the SEC, you know, there's definitely four or five teams that have pulled away, and Bentley's record against them was not good. I, I, want to look, I have to look it up. I think it was 2-8 and eight or 2-9 and nine or something like that. And then I think he won 65% of his games against the, the other two-thirds of the league. Whereas here we're seeing a quarterback who has had his team in the upper reaches of the league, been to the Sugar Bowl and all that. So I think there's been more winning, and there's been more winning against better teams. Whether that'll translate or not still remains to be seen, but i, I got to admit I'm slightly encouraged by that. Okay. Fine. Be slightly encouraged by it. Be way encouraged by it. Be as, <laughs> as encouraged by it as you want to be. It's up it to you. It will still be what it will be when we get out there in, uh, in the fall. Yeah, I'm going to reserve judgment until I actually see it. And that's all nice and it looks good and I can understand why the youths would want them. All that. I buy all that. Uh, but what, what is he going to do here? I'm encouraged by it. I think it's promising. But I don't know. The curious thing that I thought from Kyle Whittingham that was a little out of character for Kyle but I think most youth fans would think refreshingly so, is when he talked about Solomon Enos, what can he do? Well, you know, go up and win the jump ball. You know, throw the ball downfield and let him go win a 50-50 ball. There hasn't been enough of that, the winning of 50-50 balls, regardless of the type of route, from the Utes. I got my doubts about whether Kyle really wants to see that. He says he wants to see it in the spring. I can already hear you. I can already hear you like, are they really going to chuck it deep and let a receiver go get it? (laughs) Is that really going to happen? And Kyle says, "Eh, maybe we need a little more of that. Are they they talking him into it? Are they really going to be able to talk him into it in the middle of a tight conference game? Yeah, that's like reading a book on being a parent. And, you know, you think that, okay, this situation arises. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But you don't know until you're in that situation. And that 50-50 ball means there's a decent percentage it's going to be intercepted. Kyle's having none of that. (laughs) (laughs) And what's the – he goes to the score, obviously, dictates who wins or loses. But then he goes to the turnovers and the turnover margin. So that's another thing that I have less faith on that – and I'm not a man of faith. Uh, My faith is long since gone. But I just don't know that I believe it. You, you sound good, but chucking the ball uh, up in the air when you're not sure. I mean, he barely likes to throw it when he's sure. Now you're asking <laughs> him to throw it when he's not sure. <laughs> it comes down to a quarterback. Do you think that – do you trust them to make a play and that the, the payoff is much bigger than the risk? And largely the answer has been no. Now, do they have a different level of talent at quarterback where Kyle's going to think, all right, we can push the envelope a little more because I think this guy's going to make, make a big play for us four times out of five. And I'll, I'll stomach the one time. Okay, yeah, great. As opposed to it really is 50-50. You know, do you take a chance? Because it's not a 50-50 chance. It's a 70-30. Does Kyle buy off on that? 
So everybody who's like, that sounds great. It did sound great, but there is that question. Is it going to sound great? Like you say, in the middle when, assuming we have crowds back, the crowd is roaring and the tension is high. Is Kyle going to think, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's go for it. Go deep. Share it out. Let's, let, let's, see it. let's get out there in the second half and let it rip. Is he really going to think that? I remain skeptical. Yeah, I get why. And then how about Britton Covey saying, uh, what I remember from back in 2015, holy cow, <laughs> two years for a mission, one year for a red shirt after an ACL, a bonus year for a pandemic, the longest college career ever. Ah, good. Let him have it. Well, he did say that, you know, enjoy what is here now because there's no telling what it'll be like when you get to the pros, you know, you might only be there for a few weeks for a summer camp. How will that work out? So enjoy this now. And he's had the advantage of seeing enough guys going and some guys have made it and other guys haven't. So he's probably got a, uh, a better sense of that as he's seen guys move on. And obviously he's seen more guys move on than, uh, than most college players because he's been there longer. Uh-huh. All right. DJ and PK, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider coming up in 15 minutes. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. I'll give you two choices. Talk jazz fans off the ledge or tell them to go ahead and jump. No, I talk off the ledge. I looked at the last eight games just as a quick reference point. The good news is the Jazz's offensive rating is still top 10. Their defense is just taking a big dive. And defense being so much about your energy level and consistency and backing each other up, that's the kind of thing where if you are dragging a little bit, a little bit of defensive wane can hurt you really quickly in this league. And as good as their offense has been, it's not enough to overcome. So a a little bit of slippage on the defensive side is going to hurt them even more because they don't have a ton of offensive weapons. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Really? Man looking for room, step back three for the wing, around it off, no good. Fight for the rebound underneath. Lewis has it, turns, fires a three from the right corner. That's an air ball. Rebound tip, still loose inside. It's over, it's over. Oral Roberts wins. Oral Roberts is going to the Sweet 16. 81 78, the final score. The 15 seed is among the final 16 remaining. All right, there's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Oral Roberts holding off the Florida Gators, who had two chances to tie in the final 10 seconds. The threes didn't fall, so Florida does. And Oral Roberts is on to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed. Only the second time that has happened, but they are there. That's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450, and you go win fabulous prizes on the big show. All right, PK. Question of the day, uh, BYU out in the first round of the NCAA tournament. We have seen this before. They haven't been to the round of 32 since Jimmer. He took them there twice. Those are the only two times they've been there since 1993. It's 28 years. So, takeaways from this season. We talked a lot earlier this morning, if you weren't with us in the 7 o'clock hour, about Mark Pope's going to do it a new way. He doesn't have nearly as many return missionaries. He has way more transfers. And is that going to get him through? Because the old way didn't work. Now, you know, is the, is the new way going to work? Are transfers going to be the way to go? Because i got to say, I feel a little bit like the transfers, it feels a little bit like the one-and-dones. You know, do you really have time to build a program and all of that? Now, 
you're getting talent you didn't get and don't pass on talent. So it's easy for us to sit here and sing and guess, as you like to point out, that's literally what we're paid to do. Wait for a game to happen and then talk about it. That's sang and guessing. So if I can first guess going forward, and I know it's easier for me to say than it is for them to do, but doesn't there have to be some blending of the talented guys the Cougars have come through because they have had talented players come through or they wouldn't have had all these NCAA teams? Blending it with the transfers that come through to fill in those gaps that are often created by missions where teams come, they have a year together, and you want guys to have another year together for this younger guy to kind of um, really get it and get the experience, but by then the other guy is gone and it never quite clicks. And so how do you use the transfers to fill that in? Because I do think if you go all in on the transfers – are you going to run into the same problems that the one-and-done schools tend to run into? So somewhere there's got to be a blend where you're still getting the guys that you get, but you're losing some of the big-sky, talented guys and just getting the better guys. Okay. But I'm asking think... for a pretty narrow well, window here. I get that. But if they're going to go round of 32, Sweet 16, I feel like that's probably what they're going to have to do. Well, the other way hasn't worked. No, you so can't stay you locked keep... down. You can't stay locked down on the other way because the other way has been tested for decades. Yeah, and what you get, these return missionaries, uh, they come back and they're not as good. They show promise and then they come back and they get married and they're pulled in other directions. And we've seen, I don't want to name names because it's not fair to the kid, but the kid comes back and he comes It's a back familiar and, story. He comes back a man and then and they, as I understand it the the mission president interview basically they tell you to get married as soon as you can. <laughs> Y'all can speak to that uh, better than I could, but I've had stories of guys their parents have told me about their sons, you know, they want them to start dating within 2 weeks. These are now, I don't know this. I've never gone on a mission. I've never have had a mission interview and any of that stuff, but all I know is what the community has told me. And I've been around long enough that the community has told me 5 billion things. I mean, I got guys telling me stuff this morning of what we're talking about. I'm getting messages on from people in who do this for a living in sports and are listening and they're texting me stuff. So, I mean, I get told stuff all the time and that just doesn't lead to basketball success. They realize, yeah, I'm not going to play any NBA here. (laughs) So it takes a hit and then they don't develop the way, the way you thought they were. The stories are endless on those. So Mark Pope, it really, I don't know that he has any choice. He wants to win. He wants to do things that have never been done at BYU. Well, he. how many basketball coaches have they had? Because that's how many coaches have said they want to do. I remember Dave Rose, when he was hired back in what, like 2004, he's, he talked about the Final Four and, uh, and the Cougar Club room in the stadium, and he had me so fired up. Well, he got close. You know, the suspension of Davies really hindered him. I think they would have made it at that point, and that was something that, you know, BYU, I'm not sure, outside of Danny Ainge, that they had dreamed of doing. Uh, so Pope dreams of doing this, and why shouldn't you dream? Why you you have to see it in order to conceive it to to actually have it have happen for sure. So go this route, and if you get stuck in that deal, you get stuck in that deal. But it's worth a shot because if it doesn't work, you can go back and you can go and get beat in the first round. 
that's sort of like winning the Mountain West and going to the Vegas Bowl and losing or winning and whatnot. And it's you've already been you've already done that, right? You've done that. BYU football fans want more than that. Everybody wants more. Whatever you got, you want more. So I think Pope's the right guy, and he's got the enthusiasm. So let's see if he can get it done. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We will run all of this past Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, coming up next. Stay with us.